Welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman. I am your moderator, and with me this week is a Esposo de la Pastora dad joke president, Dan Marcello. Hello. Co-president Dave. Sun joke president, Scott Reed. Sun joke yes. Yes. What is a Scott? I mean, what is a sun joke? What is, what is a sun joke? Yeah. I feel like a sun joke is like snarky observances. Yeah, that's fair. Often in response to the dad joke. <laughs> Rolling of the eyes. <laughs> An associate pastor, grandpa joke, President Bill Cowell. Yeah, you, you have a grandpa joke? Nope. That's fair enough. Grandpa jokes tend to be a little racist. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> Am I wrong? I don't. I don't know. I don't remember any jokes my grandpa told. Maybe he didn't tell jokes. The one joke I have is, where did the Titanic leave from in Ireland? Oh, Belfast. yeah. Belfast. Mm-hmm. And uh, you saying that the Irish say, it was fine when it left. <laughs> oh, I just think that's so good. <laughs> I think jokes related to history. Not is, our fault. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, will you pray for us? All right. Lord, we thank you for this day. We look forward to living it for you, and we pray your Holy Spirit will fill us, use us during the podcast and throughout the rest of the day. Amen. 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 All right, Scott, you got Would You Rather cards in front of you. Oh, I sure do. You got your Star of Rock shirt and your... Scott, do you want me to pick one out so that you can argue or... Oh, I forgot about that. No, I, make, I don't want it to always Not be this the, week. Okay. <laughs> Not this week. I've seen these questions. <laughs> All right. I want nothing to do with this. I do, I do want to do that. But yeah. Okay. You let me know when. But not today. All right. Anyway. With hamburgers. All right. Who's going to be the first mm. judge today? Oh, me. Me. Oh, pick me. Pick me. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, Dan, you're arguing for... Oh, speaking of grandpa jokes, you're <laughs> arguing for always... Wait. That's not how it's phrased. For having to wear visible diapers for the rest of your life. Hmm. And Max, you're arguing Wait, for... Wait, I thought Bill was the one who volunteered. I'm the judge. He's the judge. Oh. The jury and the executioner. You're the judge. <laughs> oh, that no. the truth. Um, Max, you're arguing for always having to drink and eat out of a bottle. Okay. So the would you rather is would you rather have to wear visible diapers for the rest of your life or right. always have to drink and eat out of a bottle? Bill, you can decide who goes first. I am dying to hear Dan Marcello's side of this. <laughs> All right. Well, I think diapers are extremely helpful, and especially as one ages. Yeah. You know, but but other, other than that, you know, sometimes you're in a position you can't get up and go. You're busy. You're in a meeting. You're a corporate executive. <laughs> you're just visibly wearing a diaper. <laughs> you know, I think people will respect you for it because how many people do you know going around wearing a visible diaper? Mm-hmm. And I think they're like, that guy's got guts. Amen. <laughs> He's something. willing to go around. And he's a busy man. He doesn't have time to go to the bathroom. He's got time for me. <laughs> so he's got time for me. He's got time. <laughs> I'm moved by that. Ooh, I am too. Wow. <laughs> to tears. Outstanding. <laughs> My friends, there is, as Dan pointed out, you are a busy man, Bill Calvin. When you're running, you don't have time to stop at a burger shack or a Taco Bell. You need Freddy's. them. What? I said Freddy's. Excuse me, yes. Uh, <laughs> you don't have time for any of that. You need something that can be easily carried that you can just spray into your mouth for your nutritional needs. And that is why eating and drinking everything out of a bottle is what a modern 21st century 
Iron Man like Bill Calvin needs. Something that you can mm. fit in your backpack. You pull it out. You got three round meals a day sprayed right down your gullet. And I'd also like to point out that my opponent. Oh, don't go. Don't bring that over. I could I'd like that. to bring up that my opponent. <laughs> Let's not get below the belt. There is a visible. Well, I'm Let's glad you mentioned that. Here. Because below the belt, there's a visible uh, diaper, which means that the diaper's on the outside of your clothing anyway. Maybe you have special... That or you're not wearing pants. You could have, you could take your pant legs off of the pant. <laughs> so now, that, now that my opponent you has trash talked me, to the I will say, what is the nutritional value of that, Bill? It's going to be junk food. What does it have to be junk, junk food? food? No. You could take as many cauliflower pieces as you want, grind them into a paste, spray them into your mouth at 20 miles an hour. I rest my it Sounds case. dangerous. <laughs> well, <clears throat> they were both good. I love Dan Marcellos. The entertainment value was awesome. I respect that. I I think I I got two. uh, I got two antagonists. Ironically, I had no idea where I was going when I started talking. I was aggressive. I love the line. You've got to respect a man like that. (laughs) Takes guts. It's true. Sure does. It's true. All right, Max, you're the judge. Yes, I am. Dan, one for me. You don't. That's. I did. There was nothing personal. It was all for the game. Arguing for singing every word that you speak. Oh man! And Bill, you're arguing for always speaking in rhymes. Oh, okay. Well, as the defending champ, I want to have Dan go first. All right. Well, life can be challenging. There, you know, I think we've all experienced that. There can be lots of dips and and just periods where we're like, man, I don't know what's going on here. This is just tough. I need. I need help. I need some kind of uplifting, positive message. Mm. So seeing every word that you speak mm. is really, you're going to not only uplift yourself because it's kind of, you know, if you're having a hard day, if you start singing as you're talking, you're going to feel better. Oh. It's going to be, and then you're going to uplift the people around you and not annoy them. Nice. Bill, speaking in rhyme. Speaking in rhymes is very powerful. When it rhymes, it's true. And that's why I you were going to speak in rhymes. When it rhymes, like, it's true. When it rhymes, it chimes. Uh, I, I, I'll, give, I'll give it to Dan for his positivity. Wow. I do like if it rhymes, it's it true. It was a really hard one to argue because I don't like singing that much. <laughs> I learned that at the, if it rhymes, it's true. It's a I dangerous thing the, to say. Um, Global Leadership Summit, <laughs> one of the speakers, <laughs> he had like three little rhymes in a row. And on the rhymes, it's true. And, and everybody's just like, yeah, man. This is the stupidest thing ever. It's hilarious. <laughs> if it rhymes, it chimes like Randy Grimes. Oh, <laughs> hey. All right. Well, Dan, that means that you're judging for second place here because you've already won. There's yeah. no well, the showdown. Pressure's right. off. All right. That's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> And who's the pressure off for? I don't know. <laughs> You're I'm just judge. being silly. Uh, whatever. <laughs> All right, Max. Yeah. You're arguing for Easy. if shrunk to the size of a thimble, having to run across the playing area of a pinball machine, pinball machine during a game. <laughs> oh my word. And Bill, you're arguing. <laughs> Or if shrunk to the size of a thimble, having to run across an air hockey table during a game. <laughs> so you're the size of a thimble, and you're either running across a pinball machine during a game or an air hockey table during a game. Goodness. Dan, you get to decide who goes first. Uh, I want to hear from Bill first. <laughs> well, air hockey is an awesome game. And That's what true. would make it even better is a thimble-sized guy running across... <laughs> 
and riding on the puck. <laughs> if he gets splattered, it's all right. Uh, pinball, of course, is a, is a terrific game. Uh, we all like to go for the bonus points areas that are in the top left, top right of the board. Uh, but what if we raise the stakes a little bit and increase, uh, have, have a man running across, you hit him, it's 20 points, you know? Well, I think it should be said at this point. That you are the one that's running across. I'm the, the one game. running. Oh, yeah. It's not some tiny person, and you get to decide what game you're gonna play. It's like playing God. We have to play either. It's, it's like playing God. Um, you're the tiny so person. How am I not gonna die? I stand by my argument. Well, I, I do think there's a lot more cover. You could you, you can hide behind the uh, you know you can hide behind the, uh, it's the sloped the plungers. It's sloped. I don't think that helps. No, it doesn't. But it is a fact. <laughs> I just want to point it out. And sure. if you go for the those side ones, the slopes. ball never goes in. That's a very good point. And, you know, depending on how good the person is, it might be safer to hide in the point-scoring areas, whereas, you know, with with air hockey, is there's no telling where it could go. Yeah. Well, I, I think I have to go with pinball just for the fact that I think I have a better chance at living. <laughs> Here's something that I think would be kind of neat. Those jets the, of air would be pretty wild. Yeah, you just like if it's coming, you just like hop on the jet of air and launch into the sky <laughs> right over cool. that bad boy. <laughs> All right, well Dan wins, of course, and uh, Max gets second place. Congratulations, Dan! Congratulations to you. Oh, uh, you are a generous man, uh, Scott. Will you give me a number between one and a thousand and one, please? Um, eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, We're good going thing you didn't pick like nine hundred. Low ball lately. Uh, this is, of course, 1001 Things You Always Wanted to Know About the Bible But Never Thought to Ask by J. Stephen Lang, uh, author of the complete book of Bible trivia with over 600,000 copies. If they sold. release a second edition, is it was this the incomplete edition? I think... Number 18. <laughs> I just tell you what Moving I'm, on. He's got the brain power to answer that He's question. got his dad jokes going strong. <laughs> I was going to wear a shirt I got for my birthday. What does it say? It says dad joke loading with a loading bar. <laughs> nice. Amber That's, said, you got to wear that to the podcast. That I would be great, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, number 18, uh, straight from Scott Reed, the forbidden fruit. Ooh. According to Genesis, the original man and woman had an ideal existence in the Garden of Eden. Uh, this is, of course, from Familiar Phrases, the section mm. on f- Familiar Phrases. Okay. Uh, an ideal existence in the Garden of Eden with only one rule that God imposed on them, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it you shall surely die, Genesis 2.17. The fruit of that one tree was the forbidden fruit. The serpent tempted Eve, who then tempted Adam, into eating the fruit by telling Eve a lie. You will surely not die, for God knows that in the day... In the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Adam and Eve disobeyed God, leading to their own punishment and the serpents as well. The tradition of the fruit uh, being an apple has no basis in the Bible. Uh, We don't know what kind of fruit Mm -hmm. it was, except that it was one that should have been avoided. Pleasing to the eye. Pleasing to the eye. I wanted to ask, uh, it sounds like to me that that isn't a lie. You will, well, I'm sorry. You will surely not die is a lie, but he follows it up with, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. I think it's just like Satan, right? Mixing right. a little bit of truth with yeah. a lie. And just make, yep. make the, the dangerous part, right? Sound like the, mm-hmm. the true, but dangerous part, couching it in a lie to kind mm-hmm. of protect it. No. I mean, I think the dangerous part is you'll be just like God. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, you you will be just like God is also a lie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, 
you will be maybe more like God. But are we just like God because we ate of the fruit? You will be like God Certainly knowing not. good and evil. I mean, yeah, my interpretation of And that's that, why I'm saying that's the dangerous part, because that's that's what was attractive to them. Oh, I see. And it was also untrue. Nice. They weren't just like God. In fact, arguably, they're less like. We are less like God now than we were then. Mm. And that we're dead. Does God know good and evil then? Well, he's God. I think he's got to know. I think he intellectually knows, but yeah. experientially, he's never participated as a sinner. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, and obviously, as, he sees everything, so he sees the effects of evil and sees hmm. evil things happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there are some ways in which... He knows way more about evil than we do, even though we participate mm-hmm. in evil. Right. He certainly understands the consequences of evil better than we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he sees the greatest things from mass genocides, huge things we see like that is so evil, you know, millions of people being slaughtered or mm. down to the words that someone speaks in the privacy of their own home that abusing someone else or, you know, that we don't see. Yeah. So he sees the gamut mm. and the damage of it. Mm. What other lies have you guys encountered from the devil that try and mix in sort of this hmm. this air of of knowledge? Well, I'm thinking about the staff meeting where it was mentioned, Satan whispers to us, you're not any good mm-hmm. at witnessing. Mm-hmm. Just give it up. Mm-hmm. That is an evil. Mm-hmm. And, and we fall prey to that lie. All of us do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he, he, on the one hand, like we're not good enough and he knows that we're not good enough without God, mm-hmm. preying on that insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. And then also knowing that if he can convince us to just give it up, then people won't hear the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's way more than just witnessing. It's everything mm-hmm. imaginable. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Spurgeon was told by a person early on in his ministry, you are not a good speaker. Please stop. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But Caruso was told that regarding his singing. So everything that I think is a life's calling is always challenged. Mm -hmm. And so you get criticized even when you're in your wheelhouse and it takes away your confidence. Mm -hmm. I think in the area of sin, Satan loves to say, and we've mentioned this before, like you're the only one that struggles with this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's an isolating aspect of it and there's a, it's easy for us to believe that lie. Well, I can't get it out there. I don't want to share it with anyone because then they'll think differently. I mean, I'm the only one. Mm. But if we would just be able to get it out there in the open and ask people for prayer, I mean, it's not a guarantee they're going to be delivered tomorrow, but it's a biblical thing to do. Confess your sins, pray for each other, they may be healed. Mm. And that includes from sin. Yeah. But yeah. if Satan can keep us there in that darkness and isolation, you know, I'm the only one and I can't say anything, and mm-hmm. it really just keeps you bound, sure, tied up. Yes. Or that forgiveness runs out. Right. Right. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, you got forgiven like the last couple of times mm-hmm. you did this, but like people's patience is running out and like, right. it'll really just be better if you keep this to yourself and then, mm-hmm. and don't, don't admit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also whispering to you, oh, it's not that bad. That's true. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you commit the sin, it's like, oh, Mm. Look what killed. you've done. Yeah. <laughs> what a mess you've made. It's like flipping this a switch. This is unforgivable. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It really is like flipping a switch one moment to the next. Mm. It's a it's the same liar using two lies that really do cripple us. Yeah. Mm. And I think to some level if we can as as Dan said like move out of that space of feeling like we're isolated. 
right? Feeling like this is all just like letting this live in me. Mm-hmm. Then we can get that perspective of like, these are two conflicting lies and they're both coming from the same mm-hmm. source, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing how, how the, those flip. Mm-hmm. Ray Anderson has a great saying, you're as sick as your secrets. Mm-hmm. But man, that makes a lot of sense. And that's why you've got to confess to one another. Hmm. And if you can have those kind of wonderful relationships where you're able to do it and not feel like oh, I'm going to be bludgeoned because I confess this, hmm. it, it just makes for a healthier person, a healthier church. Hmm. I think that's what's so attractive about this church, that people don't feel judged. Hmm. And so hmm. you see more openness you see it in the prayer request. Hmm. <clears throat> when I was growing up, people wouldn't put those kind of things in a prayer request. That was just too far out. Hmm. You'd be looked down upon. So that, that's one area where church has really improved a lot. Hmm. That vulnerability aspect of being mm-hmm. able to say, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of leads really well into <clears throat> kind of leads really well into sermon roundup. Sermon roundup. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> 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 hold okay hold it hold the ye uh sermon round up this week is brought to you by the on mission trip our god mm. is inclusive he is missional and he is radically for people as we live on mission this summer we have the opportunity to go beyond our local community in bloomingdale as a team the bloomingdale church youth group will serve and share the good news of jesus around us through both word and Indeed, we are looking forward to seeing all that God will do during this time together. The BC Youth on Mission Trip, Saturday, June 5th through Tuesday, June 8th. Early bird registration is $100 through May 1st. For more information and to register, visit bloomingdalechurch.org slash onmission2020. Uh, you got to correct that doctrinal error there. You said God is radically four people. It's only three. <laughs> He's full steam ahead on the dad jokes. It is time for Sermon Roundup. Yeehaw! Thank you. Last, last Wait, week, I was holding that in. Last week, our sermon series leaders, uh, the good and the bad, talked about uh, Solomon. Pastor David talked about Solomon mm. and his failure to stay focused on God. As Pastor David said, what he knew, he did not do. Uh, talking about Solomon's 700 wives, the the... Um, collection of wealth and his mm-hmm. focus on wealth, the focus on building uh, military strength as well and, and idolatry. Why do strong Christians, even mature ones, like we talked about two weeks ago of spiritual mm-hmm. maturity, why do strong Christians still fall into temptation and give into the, the, the lies of the devil? I don't think they intend to. Hmm. I don't think they set out for that to happen. Think and in Solomon's case, I guess I've been thinking a lot about this since Pastor David preached on it. Of why did he like he knew the right thing to do and then just totally turned his back on it? And it's not like he woke up one day and being like, "I'm going to turn my back on all this." Yeah. He's maybe he was blinded by arrogance, like, "Hey, I'm on top. I'm I'm in charge." Just I feel like he got totally blinded to himself mm. and his own impact and the impact of his decisions, mm. and he just couldn't see it. Mm. Couldn't see. Well, that what he was doing was wrong. Just, just a slow kind of progression over time. When you I, say, I think you're right. When you say blinded to himself. Like mm, what of like mean? blinded to the fact that what he was doing was wrong. It's almost like King David as well. Like he had to have, was it Nathan the prophet go to him and share in a parable? Like, mm. hey, what you're doing is 
you are that man. Like yeah. you're the guy that took that the young sheep and that from someone else. And mm. David was full of wrath and like, yeah, oh, that guy's got to be killed. Bring him in. Like, no, that's you. Mm. But David in that case was like really blind to the fact that, hey, that's exactly what you did. Yeah, it's kind of the blindness, like a like just a, a inability to see that what he was doing was. Well, maybe he didn't have good counselors around him telling him, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. Or maybe he just ignored him. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about, Dan, that we don't have a story in the Bible of anyone confronting Solomon. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Surely there had to be some prophets. Mm-hmm. But he either ignored them, stonewalled them. There's just no story mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. What happened to Nathan? Maybe maybe Nathan died shortly after David died. Yeah. I, it shows how important it is that you speak prophetically into people's mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Now, we all need accountability. Like Solomon needed it. Solomon needed someone to say, and I remember you preached that on that, Scott, I think two Christmases ago of mm. the kings, and the king shouldn't have, like acquire much wealth or like all these horses. And Solomon and Pastor David mentioned this, like he did everything he wasn't supposed to do. Yeah. But no one that we know of, like you said, Bill, is, was there saying, hey, yeah. God said not to do that. Mm. At least that's recorded. We don't have that. Hmm. he would have benefited maybe for some more, from some more accountability of people being willing to say the hard things to him. Sure. If it, that didn't happen, of course, there's no way to know, like conclusively one way or the other. It seems like if there's anybody who should be able to, to withstand this, it's Solomon mm-hmm. who had God himself come to him and ask like, what do you want? And he mm-hmm. says wisdom. Mm-hmm. And then he uses that wisdom for like 10, like 30 years or like 10 years or like for a long time. Mm-hmm and doesn't fall away, but then as he gets older, starts to really fall apart. Mm. And we talked a little bit about this at the young adults group last week, but like, did his wisdom like just abandon him or did he, why does he still fall? I heard a a message one time talking about how our hope can migrate or our, and so maybe like, like it talks about him, you know, really focusing on the women and like going after that. And so like maybe his just, Maybe hope isn't the right word. Maybe just like his source of, like his desire, his purpose started to kind of migrate and move more toward the things they shouldn't, he shouldn't have done. Mm. That became like more of his focus than wisdom Mm. or than than being that humble guy at the beginning that said, who can lead this great people of yours? Like, give me wisdom. I really need it. Mm. Maybe that's a danger too, having success for a really long time and just being like, well, I got this now. Maybe that was something he struggled with of, like, yeah, God's made me wise for, you know, 10, 15 years and things are going well and I'm like the richest man and people are coming to me and some lady gave me $100 million. I'm <laughs> not some lady. <laughs> the queen of Shiva. to me for a, a queen, Shiva, queen of Shiva. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, I guess it would be really easy if I put myself in his shoes to be like, after so much success, it's really easy to be like, I got this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need people around me telling me, giving me advice. I don't need necessarily God. Yeah. Like I, I can do this. Yeah. He didn't have much adversity. Nobody tried mm. to wage a war against Solomon. Mm. That'll get you on your knees when mm. you're facing perhaps a certain death. If they break through the battle line, yeah, he's, he's a problematic character that Solomon. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's bugged me my whole life that his writings are scriptures Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, and you just think, okay, this, these Proverbs are phenomenal. The book of Ecclesiastes is phenomenal. 
written by a backslidden man. Yeah. Mm. That just bugs me. Yeah. It bugs me too. Like you see in the Old Testament, like I know we haven't gotten to like Manasseh yet, where he gets really humbled and he's like the ho- most horrible king. Uh-huh. Committed all sorts of atrocities, yet is humbled by God and repents. Mm-hmm. And in First Kings ten, see like or eleven, it says the Lord became angry with Solomon and he's saying, like, I'm gonna yank the kingdom out from you and all this different stuff. So First Kings eleven nine. And there's no record that Solomon says anything in return to, mm-hmm. to God. There's no like response. God just kind of says, nevertheless, for the sake of your servant, David, I'm not going to do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of your hand, the hand of your son. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you see him like put on sackcloth and ashes like they did. And really like, oh man, I, I messed up. There's, yeah. like, there's no recorded response. Hmm. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. wow. It says a lot about maybe the condition of his heart. Mm-hmm. Because to take it away from your son is, I think, more harsh than to have it taken away from you. Mm-hmm. If the Lord spoke to me tonight and said, I'm going to do this against Joel, mm-hmm. man, I would be on my knees and be like, no, mm-hmm. no, he's innocent. Don't, mm-hmm. don't take it out on him. Just as that great Davidic covenant, you will not build the temple for me, but your son will. That, that was really the best news David could ever ask for. This is even better. My son mm. is going to do this. Whoa. Mm. And then David throws himself into, I will do the fundraising for yeah. it. And Solomon will take it from there. Yeah. That doesn't speak well of Solomon that it's okay that God takes it away from his son. Mm. Mm. Yeah. See that with Hezekiah too, at a certain point when mm. he shows the Babylonians all the treasures and I think Isaiah comes in and says, what did you do? Well, it shows them everything. Well, God's going to bring this nation essentially back and make it go back into exile. And hmm. he was like, well, at least it's not going to happen in my day. Yeah, that's always bugged me too. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. At least I'm going to be dead. Right. Like, yeah. oh, that's a really hard-hearted attitude. Hmm. And I never thought about that, about that being a worse punishment than having it happen to him. I think you have to be a father of a yeah, son. I, to, I mean, that makes sense. A father of a daughter. Yeah, you, I understand that. You have to be yeah. a father and to say, oh my gosh. Because uh, the, the paternal instinct is to say, the, like the, even the maternal instinct is like, no, like even like just let it come on me. Yeah. Let, yeah. let me handle it. Let, let, leave my kid out of this. Like mm-hmm. I want to see them. They didn't do anything. Sure. I want to see them prosper. Mm. And the comparison, as you said, Bill, of having something good happen to Solomon and David's response to that and having something bad happen to, it's Rehoboam, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Solomon's lack of response mm-hmm. to that, for sure. Um, really quick, if you guys feel like sharing, you know, as Pastor David said, like, what he knew he did not do. You know, in your own lives, what have you known and not done? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking in rhymes, eh? <laughs> must be true. It must be true. He's going to start singing everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to have taken the argument of the singing because my mom sang everything. It was just so great. Just making up all these songs, walking around the house. Aww. I think in the past it was hard for me to, like I knew that God made me with value and purpose, but to look at, not look at myself as somehow inferior or, or that God had made a mistake. Like what I'm talking about when I was younger. Sure. And it's been a journey of like, no, God made you this way for a reason. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't make junk. Yeah, it doesn't make junk. But it's easy to have that, like, yeah, I know God made me a value, but <laughs> yes. this, 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 and that. Yeah. 
and feeling insecure. Yeah. I think that verse in Joshua, be strong and courageous. And that's really also directed to all of us as believers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet there are times where I just found myself cowering like, oh, golly. Mm. Okay, I'm not exactly sure what to do. So let's just not do anything. Maybe this will resolve itself, mm-hmm. which is just really bad. Yeah. It's, it's time to mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm not sure what to do. You show me the first step. I'll take that step, and then I'll be mm-hmm. in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when you're really involved in the warfare, the spiritual warfare that he's called us to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um, I'm sure Bill and Dan can relate to this. Uh, The Bible tells us as husbands to love our wives as Christ loves the church. Mm -hmm. I know that verse. I just (laughs) said it to you right now. (laughs) Do I do that all the time? Mm -hmm. Perfectly? Like, no. Mm -hmm. And then you feel it, you know, when you, when you mess up, you're like, "Ah, gosh, Mm. why did I do that? Why did Mm -hmm. I say that? That is so selfish or stupid or Mm -hmm. whatever. It happens. But, uh, yeah. There's sometimes we, I think, all say stuff, and it's like, that sounded so bad. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> oh, man. I take it back. <laughs> Can you just unhear what you just heard? <laughs> well, it is time for Topic of the Week. <laughs> All right. Yay. Topic of the Week is brought to you by none other than the Families Group. Ooh. Have you ever wondered how to put the Bible into practice as a family? Yes. Or maybe a little less noise there. Or maybe you often ask yourself, what does God expect from me as a parent? Uh-huh. <laughs> the book of James is very practical and pulls no punches on how we're supposed to live and act as followers of Jesus. We will be watching short videos and participating in discussions on this short but incredibly meaningful book of the Bible. As usual, there will be jokes, quizzes, memes, random prizes, and more. Dad jokes. The Families Group, Sundays from 9 to 10 a.m. in the Common Grounds. For more information, find Dan Marcello and shake him by the shoulders. <laughs> From six uh, feet. You have anything? Yes, from six feet away. <laughs> Get the pole out and just poke them a bunch <laughs> right in the back. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Dan? No, we'd love to have anyone with kids come join us. And uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after, Pastor Bill is going to be presenting on overcoming temptation. So hey. don't miss that one. Nice. And Ray Anderson, too. So one-two punch. Sweet. Uh, for topic of the week this week, we return to a beautiful piece of Christian literature, the Heidelberg Catechism. Bill, what's a catechism again? The teaching. <laughs> Would you stop asking me? Every week, your incessant questions. Just give me my raisinets. We're um, all dreaming. Catechism is a teaching. <laughs> the catechism, the Heidelberg Catechism, uh, starts simply with the following. Uh, that is a catechism question and answer. Will you read it in the original German? Uh, I will be. <laughs> And DeBill will translate <clears throat> uh, a question and then answer, uh, prescribed question, prescribed answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, question one, what is your only comfort in life and in death? Answer that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and death to my Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation because I belong to him. Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life. 
and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. And question two, what must you know to live and die in this joy of this comfort? Three things. First, how great my sin and misery are. Second, how I am set free from all my sins and misery. Third, how I am to thank God for such deliverance. Mm -hmm. The catechism at that point breaks into three separate sections covering those three things. Uh, Today we examine the first section, which is misery. Mm. Congratulations to us. Uh, each of us <laughs> has brought a question-answer combination. Um, there's there's eight sort of Q and A uh, sort of pieces in this in this section on on misery um, and and on the misery of sin. Uh, and we want to talk about how they speak to us, how we've seen them appear in our lives and in the church and in uh, the unsaved world. Um, would anybody like to go first? That's I'm fun. the best. You are. I'll go first. Go for it, Scott. <laughs> Uh, this is the like the first time I've ever prepared. I know. I'm so podcast. proud of you. <laughs> um, so I went with question six, I believe is how it's delineated, mm-hmm. uh, which is, did God create people so wicked and perverse? I think it probably should be said that like the questions kind of go into each other. Yeah. So, so when it says so wicked and perverse, it's referring to previous questions. Um, but basically the question is, did God create people wicked and perverse? And the answer is no. God created them good and in his own image, mm-hmm. that is in true righteousness and holiness, so they might truly know God, their creator, love him with all their heart and live with God in eternal happiness to praise and glorify him. And um, something that stood out to me about this is there's this trend right now which is basically it equates what I am is how I was created Mm. is how God wants me to be. Mm. Um, And some, some obvious outpourings of that are like homosexuality and transgenderism. It's like, well, I'm attracted to people of the same sex. It's how I was born. So that's how God wants me to be. So it must be good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, yeah, and there are, there are lots of other ways that people can manipulate that idea that, like, if this is the way that I am, this is the way that God wants me to be. And we see here in this question, like, no, that's obviously false. Um, there, are, there are things that are, like, the way that we are that are not how God wanted us to be. God wanted us to be good. He created us in his own image. That is in true righteousness and holiness. Now, if you can claim that you live your life in perfectly true righteousness and holiness, then I guess you can say that you are the way that God created you to be. Mm-hmm. But anyone who claims that has some other problems to work through. Um, so it's just, I think that's something that we really need to to, mm. to wrap our minds around correctly. That like, yes, there are parts of me that is not how God intended me to be. Mm-hmm. They're the sinful parts of me. Right. And how do we know what those are? We look at the Bible and we see what it has to say about that's what right. sin looks like and what righteousness and holiness look like. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's really an insult to God to say like, well, he made me this way. So this might be how it's, it's yeah. just, it's elevating my identity over God's character. Yeah. It's like I don't need to I don't need to worry about what you actually are. This is the way I am. Right. So you must have you this must be in line with what you are. Mm-hmm. Um which is obviously false. Yeah. It reminds me of reading ourselves into the Bible, right? Yeah. And reading the Bible is like being about us rather than right. being about God. Sure. Um and I think that distinction of like whether or not or however messed up I am, right? I wasn't created to be that. Right. right. And whatever uh, parts of me fail to live up to, to who God made me to be. Like, that's exactly what it is, is failing to live up to who he made me to be. And, 
you know, we're not designed to die. We're not designed to get sick. We're not designed to, to sin. And yet we do all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not inherent to our, to our design. Yeah. And to own that, to own the way that you are now is what God intended. Like what a worse existence for you hmm. than to own what God actually intended, which right here, like, this is awesome. Created us, uh, created us good in his own image that is in true righteousness and holiness so that we might truly know our creator, love him with all our heart and live with God in eternal happiness to praise and glorify him. Hmm. Like that's what God made us for. And that's so much better than being who you are. Sure. Um, like to truly know your creator, like that, that, that phrase alone just like blows my mind. Reminds me of the Westminster catechism. What is mm. the chief end of man to know God and enjoy him forever? Mm-hmm. Serve God and enjoy Him forever. One of those two. <laughs> <laughs> no, to know God, to know God. And enjoy yeah. Him forever. Yeah, and it doesn't leave a lot of room for for growth either. This idea of who I am now is who God made me to be. Sure, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't leave room for repentance, other than repentance from the sins we can already see. Um, and it doesn't leave a lot of room for like being made more like God. Like, why mm-hmm. do I need to be made more like God? It's yeah, great well, if you don't want to take responsibility for anything. It only like, leaves room for repentance for the sins that you want to believe are sins. Right. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to believe anything is a yeah. sin if this is the way God made you to be. Yeah. He made you angry. He made you want to drink alcohol. You don't have time. to change. You don't have to... He made you, you know, yeah. a thief or a, a murder. Like, whatever it is, you can take it to any extreme. Sure. Yeah. Um, How... Let me... Let's walk down that path a little bit. I think uh, we do, obviously, like, uh, the first stop on the on the train of that conversation is often with like homosexuality or transgenderism. I think there's also like a, that gives an easy out for, you know, people who, who like me are, are straight and have never killed anybody. And like just all these things that, you know, I say, Oh, great. Well, uh, I don't fall into any of these Mm -hmm. ideas of, Mm -hmm. you know, who I am seems pretty much in line with what God wants. I just mess some things up sometimes. Like what else does that extend to? you know, beyond, you know, when we talk about like lifestyle, right? We all live sinful lifestyles. It's mm-hmm. intrinsic to being fallen. So like, what else does that look like? I think Scott touched on it saying anger. Hmm. Like that's a huge one. Like someone might just say, well, this is just who I am. Just deal with me. Hmm. God made me this way. I'm angry. So people just have to deal with me. Hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. A lot of people really struggle with hmm. anger. Yeah. Yeah, I think permutations of selfishness. Mm. There's a ton of those. Yeah. Um, whether that's like, you know, Con- conceitedness and pride. Yeah, conceitedness and... or like, this could go. I mean, any any time that you like say this is the way that I am, and so you must all be the way that I need mm. you to be for me. Sure. Like that's selfishness. Like I mean, I got an example for me. I don't think I do this a ton, but I I could definitely see myself doing it. Like I'm a really hardcore introvert. So, like, if I were to neglect someone that really needed me because, like, I needed, like, alone time, hmm. like, this is just the way that I am, like, I need alone time, well, that's true, but, like, that's still being selfish. And it's using the way that I am, yeah. you know, my natural inclinations, which whether or not, you know, whether or not they're sinful natural inclinations or just natural inclinations in general, using that as an excuse to sin hmm. um, isn't okay. Yeah. I think, Dan, what you said earlier about, you know, questions about self-value, right? Mm-hmm. If God made us in his own image and he tells us who we are and we say, no, you're wrong. <laughs> you don't understand. You screwed up when you made me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the same way too, of like mm-hmm. living in a cycle of lack of, of 
self-respect and self-value and knowing where your value comes from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of the opposite side of the coin. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on who you ask, like it's just a different kind of selfishness. Yeah. (laughs) No, just, yeah, true. This is why it's important to keep evaluating ourselves and keep bringing our lives, exposing our hearts to God, to the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit saying, is there something here that you don't like? Yeah. That you're not happy with? Mm-hmm. That you want me to change? Where you <clears throat> want me to resemble you more closely? Yeah. Because it'd be really easy, I think, for any of us to start having those attitudes like you're talking about, Scott, of saying, you know, I'm I'm good here. This is just who I am. Mm. I don't think it happens like from one day to the next. But we have that kind of uh, slippery slope of progressing in that way. Yeah. I think of greed. For years, I would think, What's so bad about greed? person makes money and mm. keeps it. What's so terrible about that? But Paul keeps bringing it up over and over again. You know, greed, greed, greed. Mm. And greed is considered one of the seven deadly sins. And then I finally got to experience seeing greed rampant. And it was in 2008 when the economy collapsed due to overvalued real estate. Mm-hmm. It just plummeted to, in Chicago area, our houses dropped to half their value just in no time. Mm. And it set off all kinds of problems in the stock market. I, I, I remember Nancy and I looking at her 401k and it, it just, it was just disappearing right before our eyes. I mean, and, and we're talking just scary kind of plummeting. And I thought, I remember one day she said to me, you know, the stock market went down a thousand points today. I said, no, I don't think that happened, Nancy. If it went down that much, people would be jumping out of windows. It'd be on the news. Well, sure enough, she was right. Hmm. And it went down a thousand and and then the next day it went up a thousand. And then the next day it went down a thousand. It was just really crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm trying to get to the point. The point was... (laughs) Because of the greed that was happening in Wall Street particularly, it ruined people's lives. People right in our church lost their homes. Mm, I remember that. And Mm. the benevolence program was trying its best to alleviate the problems of the people in church. And people were giving mightily to benevolence. But the numbers were just so staggeringly high. It was like, we would need $50,000 just to get this one guy out of trouble. Mm. And there's a line of people. Oh, Mm. my gosh, what are we going to do? But it really gave me a mad on against greed because Mm. at the bottom of it all was greed. If it weren't for greed, we would not have had all that happen. Those people would not have lost their homes. It was just very depressing to go through Glendale Heights, Mm. which was my assigned area to pass out the brochures. And about every, I'd say maybe eight, eight or ten homes, they had boarded them up or put a notice on the door hmm. that this has hmm. been foreclosed on. And I would just think to myself, where are those people living? Right. Where do their kids go to school? What's, what's happening? Yeah. Hmm. It was all because of greed. None of that would have happened. And, and honestly, the greed, I can't put it all at the feet of Wall Street. It was also the greed of the people living in those homes because they refinanced their homes over and over again. They were just greedy for more and more toys, more and more pleasurable vacations, and they used their houses like credit cards. Hmm. 
they really were not thinking about how would God like me to approach life and money? And hmm. it was just, I need more, I need more. And, and so their own greed devoured them. Hmm. Hmm. I liked question eight, but are we so corrupt that we are totally unable to do any good and are inclined toward all evil? Yes. Mm. <laughs> Unless we are born again by the spirit of God. Mm. This really flies in the face of what the world says. Yeah. You know, the mm. world says that everyone, we make our own truth and yeah. our own reality essentially. And it's like, no, we are all like without God, without his intervention in our lives, we are capable of doing, committing any sin. Right. Like it says we incline towards all evil. Right. Like mm. the minute we start thinking we're above a certain sin, mm. this is when we can get ourselves into trouble. And we've probably all seen people in some kind of authority or leadership, whether a church or otherwise, really make a royal mess of things. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's so many stories of pastors committing adultery or mm. I mean, it, even in like our own small district here, and let alone throughout the country and the world, mm. that yeah. man, we really are people that are inclined toward all evil and really need God's help. Mm. Really, really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. it, we are totally unable to do any good without God. Yeah. And that's kind of like, well, what about the people who give generously who aren't Christians? You know, they give to like charities and things. And I'm sure that's motivated by good things and good desires, but really I'm do not. anything. <laughs> I'm not sure of that. Maybe, maybe, maybe that never, some people are in it for the tax break and, you know. I mean, the Bible says there's none that does righteousness. No, not one. Mm-hmm. All your righteous acts are as filthy rags. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that's harsh. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, but it's also true. And if you're not doing it for the Lord, really, what's your motivation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like what is what is actually good? Mm. Like, is helping someone good? You know, for you know, you feed them, they're hungry, great. Tomorrow they'll be hungry again. Mm-hmm. What difference have you really made if you're not also, mm-hmm. you know, helping them closer to God and and understanding, mm-hmm. you know understanding who he is and what he wants for them. Cause they're, I mean, we're all horrible, horribly off, whether we have millions of dollars or no dollars, mm-hmm. we're in a, the worst state imaginable without God and nothing you're going to do that mm-hmm. doesn't bring you closer to God is going to mm-hmm. change that. Yeah. It's like a right understanding of goodness is like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe earthly goodness, but nothing of lasting significance. Yeah. Earthly, earthly goodness isn't going to lead to, like you said, the lasting significance or eternal value. Mm-hmm. And looking at this, it's like, man, are, are we so corrupt? Yeah. Like, man, I think if people in the world heard that, they'd be so offended. Yeah. Because I, no, I'm not corrupt. I, I give. You know, I go to church mm-hmm. two times a year, and I give to the United Way, and mm-hmm. I'm I don't kill anybody, and yeah. I don't murder, I don't you know, swear too much. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, what, what's our definition of good? Like you said, Scott, mm-hmm. if it's just mm-hmm. keeping ourselves out of Keeping our noses somewhat clean, yeah, and being moral good people in quotes. That's mm-hmm. really not. It's really not good. And you can definitely see that come up, come up with people who are Christians themselves mm-hmm. as well. Of like, you know, are you treating God as a as a team? It's like I'm doing this for the general God effort, or are you doing this because of your personal relationship with mm-hmm. Him, right? Because as a response of of who He is and, yeah. and what He's done. Um, in your life, but even not just as like a thank you of like, oh, God did this for me, so now I'm paying back my debt. It's like this is mm-hmm. who He is, and this is for His His glory, mm-hmm. as as all creation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, motivation for sure. Well, I want to end with with uh, the last question of, of this section is uh, questions eleven 
isn't God also merciful? God is certainly merciful, but also just. God's justice demands that sin committed against his supreme majesty must be punished with supreme penalty, eternal punishment of body and of soul. And I think that that conflict can be difficult to wrap your mind around of like God being eternally merciful and loving, but also just, I think, more and more, but when I say more and more, it's like, I've only been alive for 26 years. I'm pretty sure it <laughs> out, outdates me by quite a bit. Um, but justice and mercy seem, uh, like opposite ends of a scale, mm. um, seem like, uh, completely opposed to one another. Um, but for there to be a being, uh, as God is, um, who is composed of both and who defines both, um, and who eternally pours out both, um, and the follow-up to that, uh, the first question of the next section is, according to God's righteous judgment, okay. we deserve both punishment now and in eternity. How then can we escape this punishment and return to God's favor? And the answer is God requires that his justice be satisfied. Therefore, the claims of this justice must be paid in full, either by mm. ourselves or by another. Whew, thankfully, it was paid for by another. Man. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Um, but that's, you know, as Hebrews will be the first to say, uh, but I believe every chapter, every book of the Bible will be the first to say, mm -hmm. um, the satisfaction of a just and merciful God is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, and is not something that we as humans can successfully do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's our, uh, as you talked about hope wandering, um, or value wandering, but like, that's what tells us that we matter, um, to to God, how much he loved us, John three sixteen. for God mm -hmm. so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever mm -hmm. believes in him shall not perish, but he have eternal life. Mm -hmm. Like he's the one who, who pays that, that debt that we owe. Um, final thoughts before we move on, we're running a little late, but that's okay. Are we doing bets or are we doing? Yeah, we are. We're we doing. We're doing. Carmen Sandiego. We're doing Carmen Sandiego. Yes. <laughs> that's my new favorite. But well, we gotta break Bill's winning streak. Absolutely. Listeners, if you would like to be part of the show, you can send questions, would you rather's trivia quizzes and streaks. I don't know. <laughs> no, never mind. And send That's got a double meaning. Never send mind. Your streaks to podcast at bloomingdonchurch.org. I'll forward them straight to Dan. I won't even open them. Just put streak, winning streaks. Winning streaks. Streak winky face. In the subject no, line, and I'll send don't. it to Dan for our closing segment. That's one this of those week. things I talked about. How you wish you could say, take something back and just send it. That's <laughs> well, unfortunately, the podcast isn't edited anymore. Uh, for our <laughs> closing segment this week, it's time. It's about dang time for where in the Bible is Carmen yes. San Diego? We've got three passages of scripture, and you fine gentlemen will tell us their book, chapter, and verse references. So take your cards. I've been practicing. You've been, been reading the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> All right, uh, section, uh, question one, first one, whatever. Uh, Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again? How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit and irrelevant to what we talked about today. I hope that's relevant to every episode of the podcast, but <laughs> now I got the book and chapter, right? But 
The verses, ah, man. Yeah. Bill. I put John 3, verses 4 to 8. And Ooh. Scott. I put John 3, verses 4 to 7. And Dan. I put John 3, verses 10 to 13. <laughs> All right, it is John 3, verses 1 to 6. So we got three points for Bill, three points for Scott, Woo! two points for Dan. Three points. It's always the verses that get me. I know, buddy, ah. I know. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Dan, confident. A little bit th- more of a... Throws, in the dark. throws his pen on the table, plays an air guitar. <laughs> That'd be really bad if I got it wrong. I know. <laughs> and confidently swinging in the Exodus 10, 12. Um, hmm. Scott now drawing a triangle. A triangle. Wow, that was going for See, that's why we don't have any space on these cards. It's because your artwork takes up like a third of the place. Well, I'm sorry. Leave me on the card and maybe sit around for a while. Well, it's not my day. Be mad at Bill. I'm not mad at Bill. You're mad at me for drawing, so you should be mad at Bill. <laughs> no, you're not. And Bill, the Bill and I are equally mad at our baseball teams because they're doing equally poorly. Well, m- mine's on a three-game winning streak right now. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How about you slow down there, Dan? <laughs> they just got beat up by the Yankees, but now... Then they won the last game. Bounce back, yeah. yeah. Everybody hates the Yankees. It's the Christian way, right, Dan? No, I love the Yankees. It's my team I grew up supporting, and now they stink. And now you are a Christian. <laughs> uh, Bill, you ready? Yeah, my guess is First Thessalonians four ten to fourteen. Uh, Scott, what's your name? First what's your name, Scott? I said First Thessalonians four two to five. And Dan, First Thessalonians five one to three. It is First Thessalonians four thirteen to fourteen. <laughs> Woo! I was on, baby. <laughs> Man, <Wow. laughs> Dan, I'm sorry. I thought you had it. I thought I had it too. It First I don't know why I thought it was the last book. Four thirteen and fourteen, my book. friends. We are on perfect game watch. Whoa! Bill Calvin with six points going in the last round. Let's see if he can put it away. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to clothe yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil." Bill did not move until I said, do not let the sun go down. And then he just picks it up and goes, the drama of where in the Bible is Carmen San Diego? I think Bill's going to get the perfect game. I, think, I hope so. I think. I hope so. I'm not going to get any points I am, this round. Guys, I got like <laughs> two so points. Yes. I got two books. I got the Thessalonians. I got the other one. This yeah. one, I don't think I'm going to get the book. Um, stand by. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> As you think, I'll test, Bill, I thought it was really funny. I was writing a postcard to Ray Ramirez's father, Manny. Yeah. It really felt funny to write a postcard to Manny Ramirez. <laughs> I know. I was, uh, <laughs> it was an honor to meet him. <laughs> I thought of that because he was a, he's a former Cleveland Indian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Dan, what do you got? Galatians 3, 11 to 13. Uh, 13, yeah. okay. Yeah, and surprisingly similar answer. Scott. All right, Colossians 3, 10 to 14. <laughs> All right, and Bill. 
Ephesians 4, 22 to 27. It is Ephesians 4, 23 to yes! 27. Oh Perfect game. Yes! Perfect game. Unbelievable. The first in the history of Major League Bloomingdale Church podcast. <laughs> uh, we, of course, don't have jelly beans today, Way but to go, instead Bill. we have this Nature Valley oats and honey crunchy bar. Thank you. For Bill Cal. <laughs> you liked it. I know. Right. I'm just, I'm, I'm adjusting our prizes to our dominant force in the universe. <laughs> is that five in a row? Uh, that is. That is. Did you win last week? No. No, no yeah, you, he got the peach rings. That is all the time that we have this week. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Max. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Bill, for winning again. Uh, That is all the time that we have this week. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dan. Thank Thank you, you, Max. Scott, take us home. You've been listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast, brought to you from Bloomingdale, Illinois, the heart of the nation. Do you know what car company the Apostles were a big fan of? The Accord. Honda, because they all got in one Accord. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get that. It's like one. (laughs) (laughs) The way I heard it was, (laughs) I just. What what car in the Bible did they all pack into? Oh, I've heard it that way too. It was the Honda. Because they were all they all got they were all in one Accord. Yeah. What does that? What does one accord mean? Like one spirit. Okay. Like one mind, unity. I think it was a King James version. Yeah. They're all together in one accord. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. How dare you not get it? <laughs> the ESV just doesn't pick up on it. I worked right. so hard on that. I did. Just cheer you up. I did. The Honda CRE. <laughs> Christ risen. Victoriously victorious. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, that's a dead joke. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Uh, well, fine. Now, Bill, have you been vaccinated? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. A long time ago. Sorry. In the galaxy far, far Back away. in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I anticipated this. <laughs> so Nancy no, I, and I started developing our own vaccine. Yeah, I got, we got it back in March. Just beans. Nice. You must have been among the first. Yeah, really was early on.